Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Dictionary of Moments podcast. I'm your host, author and reader, Jason Geary. Let's read some stories. As ever to the Heartstrings Project for their beautiful music as the theme song of this podcast. You can check out their details in the show notes of this podcast. Well, 50 episodes, 150 stories, 151 actually. I had one episode with four stories in there. Wow, it's happening. It's really happening. I don't know how many words there are in the dictionary. I probably should have Googled that already, but I'm 150 words in to writing my own dictionary. Yes. That's right. I'm trying to write an entire dictionary worth of stories where you not only look up a word and find the meaning, but you also find a short story inspired by that word. Not necessarily a story, just a little moment from a story. Thus, the Dictionary of Moments. Uh, 50 episodes, here we are. Uh, I'm very, very excited to uh, have gotten here. Um, and let's aim for 50 more. I mean, it's just a milestone. It's just a number. It's a five zero. Uh, it's worth a little... Uh, hat tip, but let's get to a hundred. Um, more on that after these stories. Flood verb. To arrive in overwhelming amounts or quantities. Flood. She closed the door and fell to her knees. She never paused to think of how plush the carpet was before now, but something in this mess of emotions made her take note of how soft it was when she fell onto it. How absurd, she thought to herself. Though if she was to be honest with herself, nothing made sense right now. She'd only just been holding on for the past two days. As soon as he got into the taxi and drove away, she felt the dam burst. No amount of stoicism would keep the floodgates closed now. She buckled into a heap, emotions pouring out of her in the form of tears and howls and snot and limbs being tossed around without fear or forethought. One kick knocked the gift he had just given her off the table in the entranceway. It was a scroll rolled up in a porcelain napkin holder which landed with a heavy thud against the thick, piled carpet. There she was, suddenly grateful for the plush carpet she'd walked over hundreds of times before without giving it a second thought. She reached down and pulled the scroll from the ring. She opened it up and through her tears could barely read the typed text. She recognised the type. It was from her Olivetti the one she'd bought from the Salvation Army shop while they were in Castlemaine together. They had taken it in turns to write poems until they ran out of ink on the ribbon. One of her fondest memories of their time together. 
another wave of uncontrollable emotion hit hard, resulting in more of the same wailing, sobbing, physical flings. She swung her arm from above her head and let the porcelain ring fly. With surprising clarity, she counted to three before she heard it hit the wall at the end of the hallway and shatter. Good throw, she thought to herself, once again clocking the utter absurdity of clarity in a moment like this. She looked down at the paper. In clumsy, Olivetti typeface, she read this. Best ever bagels. My secret recipe. A third wave of sobs and kicks and fluid dripping from her face. He'd always said that he'd take this bagel recipe to the grave. She spent the last week forcing him to make bagels for her because she didn't know when he'd be back again. She kind of knew he wouldn't be back at all. She'd have to wait and see. She took a deep breath and tried to compose herself. She ripped up the recipe into tiny pieces as she cried. Not out of spite, rage or ill will, but as a rally to herself. She wasn't going to wait for him to return. Wasn't going to cook reminders of the times they spent together. She was going to move on. If he did come back, then he could make bagels for her again. She rallied. Happy she'd seen his present for what it was. A trap. An echo of taste and smell. One intended to induce comfort. She noted the way she was sprawled on the floor. More clarity and confusion. This was comfort. Exercising him and his attempts to control her. Suddenly she laugh-cried, and it shocked her as much as anything else. Then more laughter mixed with sobs. As she lay there, she wondered how she'd let herself get here. Then she laughed again. The answer was simple. Stupid, dumb love. Blunder. Noun. A stupid or careless mistake. Blunder. Everyone was laughing at me. Not with me. At me. It took me a second to realise why. I had said the word mum instead of fun. Ah, shit. Objectively, if anyone else would have made the same mistake, I would be laughing too. But now I'm mortified. I was riffing. I was going with the flow. Slinging innuendo like everyone else at the table. Then I slipped. What I wanted to say was, I'll do it. I'm down to fuck for fun. I wanted to show how carefree I was about sex, how much casual sex was just casual. I was showboating for Heather, who was in turn showboating for me. And we weren't the only ones. The entire table was a web of overt flirtation. That's how we found ourselves here. I'd do it. I'd fuck for fun. Two short sentences. That when the question of casual sex was floated, all eyes were on me. And I said, I'd do it, I'd fuck my mum. I'd do it, I'd fuck my mum. Yep, it took less than a second for everyone to spit their drinks and point and laugh. I looked at Heather. 
She could hardly breathe. She was laughing so hard at me. I tried to laugh along with them, but I was mortified. I wanted to crawl away. I could feel my cheeks burning. I was blushing so hard. I don't even know where it came from. I wasn't even thinking of my mum. Between me thinking for fun and the words my mum coming out of my mouth, something catastrophic happened. It was a split-second breakdown in functionality that allowed two words to be replaced by completely different two words. The laughter was like thunder, rolling in waves, hitting me loud, easing off, then clapping hard as the slip was repeated back at me time and time again. I sat in silence, thinking about Heather, chiding myself as everyone just continued to laugh at me. Mosaic, noun, a combination of diverse elements forming a more or less coherent whole. Mosaic. When I look at my daughter, I can see the best and worst parts of myself reflected back at me like afternoon sunshine off a windowpane. Bright, glaring, all-consuming. I'm not sure if I have gifted these to her through learned behaviour or if they are innate. Is it rust or gold? I reflect on the parts of my parents I see in myself, good and bad. Then I realise that I am made up of tiny parts of everyone in my family line, stretching back further than I can imagine. I think about the people I knew, parents, grandparents. I think about all the ways that we are alike. Even though I spent most of my young life saying to myself, I'll never be like them, I am. More than I care to admit. I have the urge to rush to my daughter and apologise to her for not protecting her, for failing her. I should pass on my strengths and not my weaknesses. I think and talk myself down a hole, spiralling, losing sight of the light. Knowing that I've burdened my child with depressive tendencies like this only makes it worse. I sit staring void out the window, lost in thought, and then I feel two arms slink over my shoulders from behind, and I feel her gentle touch. I didn't even hear her come into the room. She leans in with a perfect amount of pressure and gives me a hug. Well, maybe a little too much pressure, but she knows I'll catch her. I'm a dad after all. She squeezes me tight and exhales a comfortable sigh. And as she does so, she whispers, Are you okay? into my ear. My mood turns immediately. My heart swells as she continues, You look a little down. Yeah, I'm okay now. Thanks, I say. She gives me another big squeeze and moves on, grabs her phone off the table and disappears as quickly as she appeared. I smile to myself. I can still feel her warmth, her hug. Two thoughts pass through my mind almost simultaneously. One, while she got the bad habits from me, she also got the good. And two, I realise suddenly how narrow-minded I've been in thinking about this entire situation. 
In that moment, my daughter hugged me just like her mother had a million times before. Then suddenly I have the answer to my question. Rust or gold? Gold. We are both a part of her. Two rights don't make a wrong. Even if it is easy to see my flaws reflected in her, I can't afford to ignore the fact that she is filled with my or her mother's strengths. Stretching back through generations. Listening to this week's stories, I hope they resonated with you at some point. That is episode 50, Done and Dusted. Now, as I mentioned to you before on this podcast, uh, I have been lucky enough to receive a grant from the City of Melbourne to write a collection of magical realism stories set in Melbourne. So I actually need to take some time off the dictionary to focus on writing these stories. Uh, I've got to write half a dozen stories. I've got uh, uh, outlines done for all of them, but I just need to sit and write. Uh, And unfortunately, thinking about the dictionary uh, week in, week out does pull my head out of that space a little bit. So I'm going to take four weeks off, maybe two weeks, maybe four weeks, depends. Maybe I'll uh, I'll get drawn back to the dictionary uh, halfway through the month just for a change. Uh, But I'm going to put the podcast on pause uh, for the moment, um, just for this next month while I finish this first draft. Uh, Once I'm through all my first drafts, I'll get back into the dictionary of moment and and start writing again. Uh, To my Patreon subscribers, I have sent you all a message via Patreon. I'm going to pause this month's subscription so you will not get billed for this month's uh, subscription again thank you so much for your support i appreciate it but i figure if i'm not writing the stories you shouldn't have money taken out of your account i'll restart the billing cycle next month so the first of july uh it'll happen again and i'll of course email you via patreon to let you know that that's happening but uh yeah I just have to focus a little to write, and I can't wait for you to read these stories that I'm writing for this collection of uh, short stories for the city of Melbourne. Uh, I'm really enjoying coming up with them, and uh, I, and I just kind of need to throw myself into them. So I ask for uh, a permission of leave absence. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, I'm not a military person. Um, uh, an absence, a leave of absence, that's it. That's it. Um, so I'm going to ask for a leave of absence for a month. Um, you may hear from me again uh, this month uh, during June, um, but don't count on it. Thank you so much for being a part of the first 50 episodes of the Dictionary of Moments. Uh, if you are uh, missing the Dictionary, go back through old episodes. There's so many stories there. Uh, I'd like to hear if you have any favourites um, of the first 50. Uh, that would be lovely uh, for the audience to share that kind of thing. Again, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram or on Facebook, uh, the Dictionary of Moments there. You'll see covers for all of the stories I write on my Instagram. You can DM me via there. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm chuffed that this has got to 50. Here's to 50 more starting in a month. 
Thanks so much. Uh, stay safe, everyone, and good luck in there slash out there. Uh, just look after yourselves. Wear a mask. Bye. Follow you blind